remind ourselves let's, that this is no ordinary book. If you got it on your phone, hold up your phone. If you have a phone that could have it, just hold up your phone. <laughs> if you have a phone that can't have it, hold up your phone and act like it. So I know there's no Bible app for that flip phone yet, but just keep waiting. All right, say this out loud. This is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. I want to continue talking to you about uh, practicing the presence of Jesus. Christianity is not about what you do for God. Christianity is not about do you believe the right things? Have you signed the membership card? Have you been baptized? Did you do the deeds? All of those things might very well be part of uh, identity, part of the practice and so forth. But there, you could actually do all those things, believe the right things. You could practice the right practices um, and, and, and be in the right club or in the right church even and, and still miss out on knowing Jesus. There's people who have been in church for years that finally get saved, and I thank God for that. But ultimately, what are we after? We know that those practices and disciplines, they're important in our life. But what is it all about? It's all about knowing Jesus. It's all about that. It flows out of that. So we need to believe right. We need our faith to be strong and on the word of God, and we need it to be in alignment with the, with the one who, who, who spoke it. But we need to know him and not just know what he said. We need to know the one who gives the gifts and not just know how to use the gifts, right? I'm in the right church today, right? Okay, so, so this, is, this is something I believe that the Lord is, is trying to get us to press into because everything good that God has flows out of relationship with him. Everything, even the ability to access the gifts and the promises and the blessings of God that are already provided to access them by faith, it happens to be faith in God. And the more you draw close to him, the better you get to know him, the greater, I'm telling you, the greater love you'll have, the more time you're going to want to spend in his word. And the more you spend in his word, all of a sudden faith starts to come alive on the inside of you and you believe God in ways that you hadn't before. And that's not because I just wanted some stuff to happen in my life, but it's because I fell more in love with Jesus, the one who loved me and gave himself for me. And so last week we talked about living in the margin, that so often in life we go from thing to thing to thing to thing, that it's activity to appointment to assignment to whatever it is, and, and we have very little margin in our life. And in order to really pull away and hear from God, we need to put some margin in our life. We need some solitude. We need to practice uh, getting away from all the distractions in life. And it's not easy, and I, but I hope that some of you have thought about that at least over this past week. And some, some of you might say, well, well, let's move on to something really exciting. Well, why would we move on if we're not practicing the stuff that we, we got last week, right? It's like uh, somebody said to, to Billy Graham, when are you going to start preaching something other than salvation? And he said, when everybody's saved, when everybody's saved, right? And so, so that was his assignment. And, and we've, got a, we've got an assignment that God's working us through right now to where he's saying, come closer, come closer. So I want to talk to you about that and practicing the presence of, uh, of Jesus today. I want to talk to you about um, the busyness and how to slow down. Richard Foster said this. He said, in the contemporary society, our adversary 
majors in three things, noise, hurry, and crowds. If he can keep us engaged in muchness and manyness, he will rest satisfied. The psychiatrist, Carl Jung, he said this, hurry is not of the devil, it is the devil. The life that we live, it can be so busy, so hurried. And yet I want to talk to you about the call of God to slow down and to set your attention on him, to turn your eyes towards him, to incline your ear to him, to learn how to speak to him. That's where the, this, this process, this act of meditation comes in. Now, some of you, when you hear that word meditation, you think, oh, God, I'm in the wrong church. <laughs> like, this is weird. Like, this guy, he's from California. Is he from San Francisco where they do all that weird stuff up there? That is not it at all. Don't think that I'm going anywhere close to that. The Christian uh, meditation is nothing like Eastern or New Age uh, meditation. All of those things are designed to get you to, to empty yourself. But Christian meditation and, and biblical meditation, which has been practiced throughout the Bible, and you'll see it, that word even referred to over 50, maybe 60 times throughout the Bible. It's not about emptying yourself. It's about filling yourself, filling yourself with the word of God, filling yourself with a love for the Lord, filling yourself with the presence of God. That's biblical meditation. So some of you guys might be thinking, I can't even cross my legs and my wrist hurts when I go like that. Is he going to make me do stuff like that? That is not biblical meditation. Some of you guys, you'll get tied up into a little pretzel, you know, and, and you won't ever come out. <laughs> we'll have to roll you around in that. And people say, what happened when pastor tried to teach on meditation? That is not where we're going. Meditation is the act of calling to mind uh, a, a belief thinking about it, and then relating your own life to it. I'll show you that in just a minute. But uh, the Hebrew word for meditating means listening to God's word, reflecting on God's works, rehearsing God's deeds, ruminating on God's law. So some of you guys think about that, and you think, okay, 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 I, I can sit down for a little bit more of this sermon here, to, to listen uh, for God's voice, reflect on his works, rehearse his deeds, ruminate on his law, Okay, I'm with you, Pastor, right? Are you with me on that? Is that good so far? Well, let me, let me just ask the question. Why would we even talk about this? Why meditate? Um, the reality is you already meditate. You already meditate. People, things people meditate on already, they meditate on their anger. There are some people that are driven by their anger. They're thinking about it. They're mad. And you know this. You bump into them, and, and what's at the top spills out really quick, and they've got a very short fuse. They're meditating on this. They're ruminating. It. They're thinking about it. Some people are meditating on worry. They're afraid about stuff that's going to happen, that might happen, that could happen, that probably will never happen. But yet, someone has to worry about it. And so they are worried about it, and these thoughts are going through their mind, and it's coming out of their mouth, and it's causing turmoil on the inside and stress. I heard about two-thirds of, of doctor's visits are stress-related. Even though it shows up in a physical symptom, some, when you get to the root of it, it's stress. People are meditating on success. They're meditating on money. They're meditating on that. They, I pass that billboard every day for the, lot, the, the lottery, and it's like a $250 million or something like that. And I know, like, uh, sometimes I'll drive by and I think about, wow, what $250 million could do. And, uh, right? It'd pay a lot of taxes is what you'd end up doing. But, uh, you know, the people are putting their hope in this. They're putting their dreams in it. They're thinking about, how can I get ahead? How can I succeed? They're thinking about it all the time. A lot of people are meditating on their past hurt. Many people are meditating on fear of failure or just the deadline you have. 
These thoughts are going through people's minds and it's coming out of their mouth. And what they're doing is meditating. And so we live in a world where if you're thinking on all that stuff, guess what? That's like, it produces a faith in reverse, a faith that that will happen. Let's get into the word here. Because the Bible says, when we talk about why meditate in Isaiah 26, 3, let's read it from the screen. You keep him, let's read it out loud from the screen is what I meant. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. The Lord is trying to get us to set our mind on him and off of all this other stuff. The other things that I just mentioned, they'll rob you of your peace. How many of you know uh, somebody? Remember, we don't talk about you in this church. We talk about someone you know. So it's all safe to say, yeah, I know somebody like that. Somebody who has no peace and their mind is running all the time. But when you set your mind on the Lord, he fills you with perfect peace. You know, perfect peace of God can come in and it doesn't require the situation to change because your hope and your attention is not on the situation, it's on God. And that's why he's able to keep you in perfect peace because he is perfect, he is stable, he is solid, he is faithful, he does keep his word, he is strong, he is going to be there tomorrow, he's going to walk you through, keep your mind set on him. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think in your heart, that's what you become. That's what you're like. That's what, you know, some people say you are what you eat. You are what you think. And so the scripture is telling us to get this internal stuff in alignment so that we can experience the peace of God and, and the grace of God in our life. When we talk about meditation as believers, we're, again, we're not trying to become one with the universe. We're not trying to lower our heart rate. We're not trying to just simply relax. We're trying to draw close to the Lord and allow him to transform us by the renewing of our minds. In, in biblical meditation, this is something that the, I mean, throughout, throughout the Old Testament, you'll see the saints and, and, and prophets, these guys practicing meditation, even if it doesn't say it, although some of them it says they did David throughout the Psalms talks about how he continually meditates on the law of God, the word of God. We'll read some of that. You see Isaac uh, showing, walking through the field before he meets his wife. He's meditating there. You see uh, Moses out. Uh, what is he doing? He's, he is spending time with God in his word. He's, he's rehearsing the word of God. All of these guys, all the way through Je you know, Jesus' time and the uh, apostles, the early church, this has been practiced throughout our history. Rep uh, repentance and obedience are essential features in any biblical understanding of meditation. So it's not just to have some spiritual experience. It really is repentance means to change your mind and obedience to, to change your, your action. We meditate because man, I, I, I want God to transform me. I want him to change me. In Joshua 1.8, this is a verse that you'd be familiar with most likely. It says, the, this book of the law, God is telling Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall do what? Meditate, right? Meditate on it. You need to listen to it. You need to reflect on it, rehearse it, ruminate on it. Meditate on it. How often? Day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. 
Notice that. You meditate on it so that you can live it. Sometimes we don't live it because we don't meditate on it. And he says, if you want to live this out, here's the deal. People in the world, they're tired of Christians being hypocrites. Well, it's not that I think Christians are trying to be hypocrites. I think we just, we just aren't spending time alone with the Lord in the margin. We're not living life in the daily with Jesus enough and meditating on his word so that we're careful to do according to it. We don't live our lives in alignment with what it says. And so maybe it's because we need to back up a little bit and meditate on it. We need to chew on it. We need to rehearse it a little bit. He said that you would be careful to do it according to all that is written in it. Notice it doesn't say do everything written in it because your job is not to cross the Red Sea or inherit you know, this land of Israel over there and kick some Philistines out or anything. That's not what you're supposed to do. But according to that, you might need to see God make a way where there seems to be no way. You might have a promised land that you need to uh, remove the adversary from. There may be some things in your life that relate to what you see. And if you don't spend time meditating on it, then you won't see yourself even being able to do according to it. And this is the power of meditation. He said, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. When will you make your way prosperous and have good success? After you meditate and do it. So many people are trying to find the, the strategies for success. And even in churches, we can do seminars and, and you know, give all these great principles, biblical principles. But I'm telling you, although they might be very helpful, God gives you one right here. Meditate on his word meditate on his word. Then you'll be prosperous and you'll, you'll have good success. The very first Psalm, the, the book of Psalms talks about meditation in verse one through three. It says, blessed is the, is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of the sinners nor sits in the seat of the scoffers. So in other words, he's not filling his mind and his attention with everything that would turn him away from God. And there's plenty of that, isn't there? But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates how often? Day and night. Day and night. Don't these guys have jobs? <laughs> Come on, man, we got jobs. I don't know about these guys. They don't, you, know, you can meditate on, on the word of God at your job. You can meditate on it right now. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. And all that he does prospers. Listen to what the Bible talks about as is a result of meditation, and he's telling us to do it. Christian meditation, very simply, is the ability to hear God's voice and obey his word. So when we talk about this here, you might think, oh, well, I've, I've been doing that all the time. I got that, Pastor. Let's move that on. Let's move on. But, but are you taking time, and are you not just meditating on the words, but you're meditating with the author to listen to his voice? Are you taking that time and drawing close to him? And is your heart be, be sinking in more and more to the presence of the Lord? Psalm 119 verse 97 says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Oh, how I love your law. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. Listen to this. There are benefits to meditating. He talks about the, the success, the prosperity, that you'll bear fruit in your life, that 
when uh, your leaf is not going to wither, you know, a tree with its leaf, that means it's getting all the, it, it's it, it, all the water it needs and all the nutrients it needs, and it's supernatural for its leaf not to wither because other trees, they do wither, but not you. God is saying he will sustain you. And then he even says this, that you have enemies that would come against you. But because you meditate on the word of God, you, you, you're not afraid of them. In fact, you're wiser than your enemies. You, you, see, how, you see them coming before they get there. The mind of Christ, the Bible says, you have, the, you have the, the mind of Christ. You're able to catch some things from the word of God that the enemy, he thinks he's sneaking up on you. And, and you're not ignorant of his schemes, right? Because you meditate on the word and you, you're continually chewing on this. And, and it's so simple and it's been right here the whole time. And it's available to everybody. He even says, you make me, you make, give me more understanding than all my teachers, students. That's a great verse right there, but don't go and try and prove it to him and tell him, I got more understanding than you, teacher. But what's he saying? You know, you can learn a lot from books. You can learn a lot of head knowledge, which is great. You should study your little heart out, you know, stay up late, drink coffee, do all that. But nevertheless, there's something about the word of God that's alive and powerful, and it gets down to the division of the soul and spirit and knows your thoughts in an intense, and, and, and the God who knows everything has spoken to us, and in some things that make no sense to others, God gives you revelation in it, things that you can't get from studying books, and you can't even get from just a an overview of reading it, or maybe even if you break it all down and you try to study it in its original languages and you get out the commentaries, you might still miss it. There's something about meditating in it, and you don't bring any study aids or anything like that. You just read it, and you pause, and you chew on it, and you think about God and what he's saying and who he is and, and who you are and what's going on in your life, and you bring it back up to him, and it gives you this understanding and insight you carry yourself in a way that distinguishes you from all the other students. Your testimonies are my meditation, he says. Often meditation will yield insights that are deeply practical, almost mundane. You mean, it's just like for normal living? Absolutely. You mean I'm going to get insight into raising my kids or how to order my house better? Yep. You mean I'm going to get some insight on how to handle this conflict I have at work? Absolutely. You mean he's not going to just tell me about like the, the mystery of the universe and, and when everything will end? Probably not. Probably not. Probably going to just tell you about the life you live. And he's going to give you tremendous insight on how to live it to the potential he's called you to. Instruction will come on how to relate to your wife or husband or how to deal with sensitive problem or business situation. This is one of the advantages of it because that's the life we live in. Christianity is not lived on Sunday morning alone. It's lived every hour of every day. It's when you're at work, when you're at school, when you are ticked off because that one government process makes no sense. And unless you give them more money, then you can't have permission to do something with your own property. And you look at that and you think, this is ridiculous. But this is where Christianity's lived out right in that moment, right in that moment. It's lived out in the moment when your kids are going crazy, when the pipes break, when your spouse, wife blames it on you, <laughs> when you got paw prints from a cat on your car, that's when Christianity's lived out because we, we ask God for forgiveness after we find the cat. No, just kidding. 
I'm just kidding. I love cats. They, no, they taste great. All right. God, here's the deal. God already knows your thoughts. God already knows your thoughts. There's several verses in, in the scripture where uh, Jesus is talking and people start grumbling on the inside, not even saying anything outside, like this in Matthew 9, 4. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil in your, in your hearts? Matthew 12, 25, knowing their thoughts, he said to them. So throughout the scripture, we see this. God already knows what's going on in the heart and in the mind. That's why we have to choose to uh, redirect it. We choose to redirect it. So h- how do we do that? How, how do we actually meditate? Uh, how do we do it according to the Bible? Well, let me give you some examples. I said you can do it at work. You can do it while you're driving. But I think it's important to practice setting up a time where you pull away from everything. Get into the margin. Get into the margin of life. I'm going to push this home with us because I really do believe that as uh, we begin to pull away as believers here at The Rock and pull away to Jesus to get in his word and to encounter him, I think it's going to change a lot. Think it's going to change your life. It's going to change your family. It's going to change the dynamics of, of your relationships. It's going to change who we are as a church, not because of some like great program we did, because we, we, we pull back from everything and we press into him. We press into him. Now, all the things that come out of that will be amazing, but let's not go after the things out here until we go down there. Let's not try to build up tall until we go really deep here, Right? That, that, that's what I think God is calling us to. I think what he has for us is tremendous, but I think that, that uh, there's so much that has to happen beneath the surface. And let me tell you something. You may have been a Christian for a long time and, and not been doing this, and it's not too late to start. It's not too late to start. It's never too late to start unless it is too late, and it's not today. It's not today. How do, we, how do we really do this? Well, uh, like I said, try to eliminate distractions. Get comfortable. Uh, don't get into a pretzel that, unless that's comfortable for you. Sit down, stand up, walk, whatever, in a place where you're not distracted by your discomfort. God is not happier for you because you make yourself uncomfortable or abuse your body. This is something that many people feel like if I just beat myself or punish myself, then God will know I'm sincere. Listen, that has no value in your relationship with God. That will get you nowhere with the Lord fast. All you're trying to do is earn it when Jesus already took it all on the cross. Now, that should be basic knowledge to us, but it's not to everybody. Sometimes we feel like we have to pay for our sins. Jesus paid for your sins. You need to receive that. You've got to trust that. You can't do anything Like, there's nothing left on that tab. It's completely paid, and there's no way that you can pay for it. So so you get into a place where you can be comfortable and not distracted. And then you know what you do? Here's the first thing you do. I'll talk to you a couple things about meditating. You speak and listen. Speak and listen. In Psalm 1914, in fact, this is a verse you might want to memorize. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O, o Lord, my rock and redeemer. And even, even if you just take that and begin to meditate on that, but let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and redeemer. If you just mem- memorize that and then you take the time and you process it and you start to think about the words coming out of your mouth and you're saying, Lord, I want those to be acceptable to you. And the thoughts going on, the meditations going on in here, I want that to be acceptable. You speak the words and the heart. It's listening. 
You speak and you listen. You speak and you listen. Maybe you set up like, I'm going to just take 10 minutes, start off with 10 minutes. I'm going to speak the word and then I'm going to listen. I'm going to speak it and then I'm going to listen to what he has uh, to say to me. Psalm 104 tells us we can sing when we meditate. Now, you may not want to shout or whatever, but maybe you, you would. But praise and worship, that's, uh, much of it is different than meditation. But you can sing while meditating. Psalm 104, 33, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I'll sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. So what are you thinking about? Begin to sing that out. Begin, and now I don't want to impress you with my vocal linguistic skills that I don't even know what that means, but if I was to, to really sing really nice, I could just sing about, the, I know, <laughs> she's like, that was dumb, pastor. That didn't even make sense. I know. I, I thought about it when it came out of my mouth. I thought, that does not make sense. Don't look at me like that. All right. But I, um, you begin to just think about what God has done, and you sing. And, you, and you, you sing it out, and you sing the word. You know, the book of Psalms were, were all songs. They're songs. They're the worship hymnal for the, you know, the church. Uh, I will sing while I have my being. May my meditation be pleasing to him. Psalm 143, verse 5, tells us we think about the faithfulness of the past. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. When you meditate, you can take some time to sit there and think, you know what, God, I'm just going to, I'm going to walk through. You start walking through the things God's done in the past. You start to walk through the good and the bad. Let me tell you how this worked for me one time. Uh, about, this is almost 10 years ago, we had moved to Southern California from Northern California. We still had our house up there. I had a renter in it. And uh, uh, I didn't have a property manager or anything like that. And we were trying to sell the house and get our feet on the ground and and then next thing you know the renter decides that they're going to stop paying and um, how many of you know that paying rent where you live because we moved into a house we were renting and then our mortgage up there paying two basic mortgages at the same time not always that easy and uh, so I'm getting to the point where savings is going like this really fast and I'm, I'm covering both and they're not paying and communicating she's basically telling me I'm not going to pay and she ends up not paying for quite some time, trying to sell the house, couldn't sell the house, house ends up foreclosing. So all of that's going on where I'm going after Jesus, and I'm trying to, to love God and, and, and be in ministry and all this other stuff. And in the back of my mind, this is running constantly about uh, the loss of the home, how much we had and, and God uh, had provided, and now it's gone, how this person did me dirty. And I was thinking of all the thoughts that I would like to all the things I'd like to do and all that stuff, like, you know, b before Jesus and so forth. And, uh, I mean, all that was just going through my mind. That was, that was just what was happening. Now, this, and this was happening, like, for weeks and then months. It was always running in the background of my mind. I was stressed. I was kind of on edge. Even though it, uh, I wasn't dealing with it every day, I was always dealing with it on the inside. I, I wasn't sleeping. I was waking up in the middle of the night, and I was just frustrated. Have you guys, you know someone who's ever done that? Like, they're just waking up, and they're thinking about stuff, and, and uh, troubled. I was troubled. So finally, one night, I, I woke up in the middle of, of the night, and I thought, this, is, this, is, this has got to change. And so right there, in the midst of all my trouble, I started to walk through the faithfulness of God in providing 
And I started to remind God and myself of all the ways that he took care of me. I started back from before I was saved and how he placed people in my life who, who would bring me to church. And then my friend's family who loved me and showed me what a Christian family is like. And then how he, reached, he, he gave me an opportunity to know him at 17. And then just walking through and then getting into the ministry. And we had nothing. And the first time we even bought a house, I had to have grandparents, Julia's grandparents co-sign for us on, on this little tiny house that we bought at an auction. And and, and going from there to then at one time owning two homes and some property and, and the blessing of the Lord, the provision and all these things. I walked through all of these things that were things, but I gave God thanks for them. I gave God thanks. And then I even walked through it with that house there that we lost. I said, God, I thank you for that I even had the opportunity to have that house. God, it was such a blessing. It was a brand new house, put a lot of time and effort. We used it to, to raise our family for a couple of years and minister to people. And I just looked at all the blessing of God in it. And Lord, I thank you that I was able to rent that house out to somebody who was in need. And I thank you that I had that experience. And I just began to give God thanks and not for the bad stuff, but all the faithfulness of God. And I'll tell you what, after I did that, and I probably spent maybe maybe just 20 minutes walking through it. You know, I don't get up. Some people get up and pray and stuff in the middle. Of the night. I did not get out of bed. I go to the restroom, and that's it. I will go back to bed. Uh, but I did that in my bed right there just softly before God, not waking up my wife or anything. And I'll tell you what, suddenly I was done. And the peace of God was there, and I slept, and it was never an issue. It was never an issue. I don't know if it'll never be an issue for you like that, but I'll tell you this. I am, co I am confident that as I was able to release this to the Lord and give him thanks for all the, the, the blessing and provision of God, it changed things on the inside here. It changed things on the inside here. I meditated on the faithfulness of God in the past. Uh, you meditate on breakthrough. Psalm 77, 12, I will ponder all your work and meditate on your deeds, on your mighty deeds. You meditate. You think about what the breakthrough of God looks like or what it has looked like. But this is up to you. This is all up to you. You take the word, you take the scripture, you set aside time, just like I, I, I told you. Maybe you'll you even use some of those scriptures to start. Maybe you'll just find a chapter of the psalm or something like that and slowly process through it. But Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Another version would say, meditate on these things. So you, it's your choice what you're thinking about. You have the ability to turn off some of this stuff in the background that has been harassing you. And you have the ability to turn on faith, hope, joy. Uh, and it's not just like that. It is by meditating the word of God. This can change as you think in your heart, so you are. What comes what goes on in here will change the words you speak. It'll change the way you see things and relate to people. It'll change what you expect from God. It'll change how you uh, respond in situations, what's going on in here. And it happens because you're taking time with the Lord, and, and he is shaping you and, and, and shifting you on the inside. Let's, let's actually, we're going to do this right now. I'm going to show you how easy it is, okay? Joshua 1.8, we're going to practice personalizing this right now. So this is what I would do if I'm going to meditate on this verse. I would have it open before me in the scripture or maybe written down somewhere, and then I would say it like this as I meditate on it, 
and personalize it for me. This is what I want you to do. When it says instead of your, say my. You'll get it. Let's say this out loud. This book of the law shall not depart from my mouth, but I shall meditate on it day and night so that I may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then I will make my way prosperous, and then I will have good success. So I would take that, and I would just pause for a moment and just think about that. This book of the law will not depart from my mouth. I'm going to meditate on this day and night. I'm going to think about it all the time. God, I'm going to let it come out of my mouth all the time. And just begin to relate to it. I'm going to be careful to do according to what I see in there, to observe myself, see myself doing it, see myself uh, uh, living accordingly, see you doing what you said you would do. I'm just taking time to process and pause in the midst of that. And, I, I, and then I'll make my way prosperous. Then I'll, I'll make my way, I'll have good success. And just kind of walk through that a little bit. And th- these are not positive affirmations. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm not talking about positive thinking, although it's better than negative thinking. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about engaging with the Lord. Remember, we don't empty out. We fill, we fill ourselves up. I'm filling my heart with the word of God, but, but more than just the word, I'm also uh, not more than just words, the word, the, the living God. And I'm, I'm interacting with him on this. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. Lord, help us to set our heart and affection on you. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable to you. Jesus, if there's anybody here who's felt like they're far from you, that they need to draw close, Lord, may they begin to practice this, this uh, discipline of the faith, God, this, this invitation to your presence, living life in the margin, spending time with you, listening for your voice. God, I hopefully uh, prompted, but I know I didn't really demonstrate the, the pause and the waiting and the listening and hearing. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would speak to us. God, reveal yourself to us. And for those who are here today who would say, God, I need you to show up in my life. God, show up, show up. For those who need to be strengthened in their faith, be strengthened. As you've heard the word, receive it in your heart. Grab hold of it. Come to Jesus, hear what he has said to us today, and do it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen.